0: This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, July 9th, and let's talk about the weather. Well, one thing I want to tell you at the beginning. There are no heat waves forecast for the Northwest, at least for the n- next two weeks, and little rain over the next week, but things may change dramatically next weekend. During the past 24 hours or so, there have been showers and thunderstorms over southern British Columbia, and some have extended into the northern Cascades. And there's even been a few errant convective showers, thunderstorms over Eastern Washington. I should mention Oregon, Eastern Oregon has gotten quite a few thunderstorms over the last week, but there's been no precipitation over the rest of the state during the last day or two. And that's gonna be true for the next few days. Now there's high pressure aloft over the desert Southwest. And in that kind of situation, the Northwest will remain dry and a bit warmer than normal, with highs in the lower 80s in the western part of Washington, away from the water, and around 100, low 100s in eastern Washington. Now, Tuesday and Wednesday, a weak trough, an area of low pressure will move through, and that should drop temperatures into the 70s in the western side of the state, and the mid 90s in the east. And I believe drizzle and even some light rain is probable on the coast. Low clouds will move into the Cascade Crest and we might only see sun later in the day. Now, temperatures will warm up on Thursday. But now we get to the interesting thing. The extended period forecasts of the major modeling systems show a deep trough of low pressure over the northeastern Pacific. And that's going to slowly move our way. And at this point, the models suggest much cooler temperatures and even significant chances of precipitation over Washington state on next weekend and beyond. So we have to watch this very carefully. This would be a major regime shift towards cooler, wetter weather. Now, at this point, none of the extended models the European Center model, UK Met Office model, or any of the others suggest the potential for extreme high temperatures during the next two weeks. So the event we had was extraordinarily unusual, and there is no hint of any return of anything like it during the next, next few weeks. So everyone can rest easy about the potential. Well, enjoy this weekend. It'll be really quite nice for almost everything And be ready for a major change next weekend. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. This is sea breeze season in the Pacific Northwest, and I'd like to tell you about them. The Pacific Northwest has a wide variety of sea breezes in various locations and of varying sizes and, and extents. And strangely enough, not all our sea breezes require that you be near water. So, what is a classical sea breeze? It occurs when cool water is next to warm land. And the bigger the contrast in temperature between water and land, the stronger the sea breezes. Typically, it takes at least 10 degrees Fahrenheit difference between land and water to get a decent sea breezes and sea breezes vary in magnitude from just a light wind of a few miles per hour as strong as to as strong as 30 to 40 miles per hour. Sea breezes develop because pressure tends to fall over heated land because heating causes the air to become less dense. Compared to cool water where the pressure is higher, and these differences in pressure, lower pressure over land, higher pressure over water, tends to drive the wind, it drives low level, onshore flow from the water to the land. This is the sea breeze. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we have plenty of cold water, with the Pacific Ocean, the Strait of Juan de Fuca, and Puget Sound around 50 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. So once our temperatures rise into the sixties and seventies, strong sea breezes can occur. Now, because we have all this complex terrain and multiple land bodies, our sea breezes come in many forms and in many sizes. And in fact, you can have multiple sea breezes of varying scales occurring at the same place. Now let's consider the classic sea breeze along the Washington coast which develops during the morning as the land warms up. Around noon typically sea breezes push inland along the Washington and Oregon coastal zone, uh, often capping the normal temperature rise. So after the sea breeze passes and cool marine air surges in, the temperature stops rising. Thus, in a place like Hoquiam on the Washington coast, the temperatures might peak around noon in contrast to a place like Seattle where the temperatures peak four, five, or even six o'clock in in the afternoon. The leading edge of the incoming sea breeze is called the sea breeze front, and it can shove air upwards like a mini cold front. And when it does so, when it pushes the air up, uh, it can push it up vertically enough so that the clouds can form. And occasionally, there's even some showers if the air is unstable and moist enough. You can see that on satellite pictures, this band of clouds at the leading edge of the sea breeze front. But our region has other sea breezes other than what we see on the coast. A very large sea breeze system develops between the cool Pacific waters and the heated interior of western Washington which of course is mostly land. As the interior warms, and we're including the area around Puget Sound, as the interior warms, the pressure tends to fall compared to the ocean and cool marine air surges eastward through the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Winds increase greatly in the Strait during each afternoon sometimes it can reach small craft warning levels so it's not unusual to see winds of 20-30 miles per hour coming inland through the strait through that for this kind of sea breeze but the sea breeze front fun doesn't end there that eastward moving air in the strait then moves southward into puget sound producing a well-known summer weather feature for those who live in puget sound territory called the sound breeze If you live in Central or Northern Puget Sound, you know the sound breeze. Winds develop from the north and they can get as strong as 20 miles per hour. And they tend to develop each afternoon after roughly two to 3 p.m. Good winds for taking a sail, uh, flying a kite, or enjoying a stroll in the park. Nice winds that develop here in the afternoon. But I'm not done with local sea breezes. Eastern Washington can warm up much more than the western side of the state, and this results in greater pressure falls in eastern Washington compared to the western side of the state. This sets up a regional sea breeze with cooler air pushing across the Cascades in the evening and then descending during the evening along the eastern slopes of the cascades into locations location such as Ellensburg, Wenatchee, and Yakima, sometimes even as far as the Tri-Cities. So Washington State is the land of summer sea breezes. You can be proud of that if you live here. But so is coastal Oregon. In fact, the sea breezes of the southern Oregon coast are some of the strongest sea breezes of the region, driven by very large differences in temperature between land and water. The water is very cool off the Oregon coast and the land is very warm there. It is not unusual for sea breeze winds along the Southern Oregon coast to accelerate to over 30 miles per hour, making an afternoon stroll along the beach an unpleasant sandblasting. Well, I hope you enjoyed learning about the Northwest sea breeze And I hope that you enjoy one today. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.